0: back indeed episode number fifty seven rasball fantasy basketball podcast sun and Joel edition you know Joel I wanted to apologize because we've been doing this pod together for quite some time and uh you know I just realized I just kept saying it was the sun pod and it's kind of like you know, I was thinking about it like, man that's kind of disrespectful on my part because you're my partner and I wasn't like introducing you at that so a thousand apologies, sir. <laughs> um,
1: I think one will probably be fine. I, I wasn't <laughs> hurt by it, you know. No, no, I
0: know, I know. Um, but no, you know, it's been great having you on. Um, you know, just just talking who's with you. You know, I enjoy talking with you. Um, so, yeah. So now we are the the, the Sun and Joel pod edition. Um, here we are. Yeah, here we are. So 57th pod of the, it's a Sun pod. So I'm going to still use it as a sun pod just because it's easier that way because 57. Because then now if I go if it's the sun and Joel pod, now I got to go back to all the pods and figure out exactly when we started. And go. No, so no. Officially it's a sun pod, but it's the sun and Joel edition of the sun pod, if that makes That's right. sense. That's right. Sorry. So 57. Um, The number of times 57 points have been scored in a game 25 times. Uh, Rick Berry did it twice um all right we you have a rick berry story but we'll get to that after i go down the list elgin baylor wilt three times curry adrian danley as a laker fan um man that dude was awesome (laughs) he he would get buckets richie garan i have no idea who that is uh james harden (laughs) twice lou hudson kyrie lebron jordan of course reggie miller calvin murphy bob pettit Michael Red, you' uh, oh yeah, 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 the lefty assassin. Uh, he I also was... have
1: a Michael Red story. It's not as good as the Rick Barry okay, story. Okay, <laughs> all right, looking forward
0: to it. Uh, Purvis Short, Jerry Stackhouse, Russell Westbrook, Dominique Twice, and Darren Williams. Um, wow, yeah, it, pretty impressive list. All right, let's hear the Rick Berry story.
1: Um, so for this, uh, conjure in your mind, if you will, it's March, two thousand and twelve. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm back there. Uh,
1: I'm a a relatively new Californian. Uh, it was back when before the Warriors were good, and so I could afford cheap tickets to games at Oracle. And uh, Joe Lakeup and the brain trust for the Warriors have just traded Monte Ellis for an injured Andrew Bogut. Okay. And uh, we are at the the first home game since that trade. And like my buddy Michael is like one of my the big like warrior fans in my life. Okay. Um has like warriors tattoos, is that kind of guy, loves Monte Ellis. And he and I had been like going back and forth as to like, you know, who do you trading Monte, is Andrew Bogan any good? Whatever. Um but like most of the fans at Oracle that night were in Michael's camp of like, no, you you've got Curry this backcourt with the two of them with Ellis and Curry is never going to work. Ellis really isn't that good of a player. He's a fan favorite, whatever. And so at halftime, they're retiring Chris Mullins number. They're hanging 17 from the rafters and Joe Lacob comes out and just gets annihilated. The booze, Are raining down from Oracle. (laughs) Everyone is mad at Joe Lacob for for trading Monte Ellis for, and Bogut was hurt. He wasn't going to play for the rest of the year. Yeah. And you know it's it's Mullen's retirement jersey, retirement ceremony. So like, all like the historical warriors are there. Hardaway is there. Rick Barry is there. And like, as the microphone is like moving from person to person, someone saying something nice about Chris Mullen. it goes to Lake Up and like they won't the fans won't let him speak. They're booing so loudly. Nice. And Rick Barry, never one to like mince words or like, you know, suffer any fools, uh, eventually takes the microphone out of Lake Up's hand after like 90 straight seconds of booing and just starts chastising the fan base and going like, You don't understand, this guy's working really hard. He's trying to improve the franchise, he wants this to be a better place than what it is. You've got to believe in him. you got to show some respect. Rick Barry just dressing down like 19,000 people. Awesome. And you know what? He was, he was absolutely right. Right. Yeah, he was right. He was right. Absolutely um, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's good stuff. You know what's funny is uh, recently, I think a few days ago, last week maybe, uh, looking at some articles and I came across an article of Marty Ellis and he, how he was basically like, um, I guess at the time he was like, yeah, drafting Steph Curry is not a good idea because we are not going to be able to work together because basically his premise was that we're both smaller guards and the West at that time had a bunch of big guards so he's like yeah there's no way it could work Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it um, you know with the trade so yeah it's kind of interesting how uh, it all connects, but yeah, that is guys. You know, Rick Berry, man, awesome. That's an awesome story. Yeah.
1: No, no, notorious ornery fella, Rick Barry was <laughs> indeed ornery when we saw him. Nice. Uh, oh, my, all right. So Michael Red, you know Michael Red. Oh, stuff? Michael Red. I just I saw a strange billboard of him once. Okay. Uh, like I said, not nearly as good of a story, but just like on a weird back street in St. Louis, there was a Michael Red Powerade billboard. That was just like from like. Years after, <laughs> even when I saw it, it was yeah, like years yeah. on awesome. Um But shout out to Michael Red, you know.
0: No, shout out, 22. man. He was he was amazing, man. Like the lefty, his release was so quick, and the dude would just get buckets. Um, yeah, it's great You know, actually, I'm surprised. Well, actually, it's his 57 points. I think he has a couple 50 burgers uh, in there. I'm at the double check, but yeah, I just remember, man, back in the day, he he, he would get buckets. So, uh, pretty crazy stuff. All right, so on my nightly uh, Ryu walks, um, you know, <laughs> doing a lot of thinking. and Commune
1: most... with birds and trees and the yeah, NSA.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, recently, you know, i just been thinking about stuff. And, um, you know, when I was like how the Nets, right, they've won nine straight. And... One of our earlier pods, you know, we were, were like pretty worried about them. We're like, you know, you know, what's going to happen to them? Uh, they're going to break it up because they look really bad. Like, you know, the situation looked bad uh, and then things have obviously turned around now. So they're really a contender. So then that got me to thinking of like, um, you know, the Boston Celtics last year it was kind of the same thing. They start off slow and then they turn it around. Uh, the Bucks, they're slumping right now. Right. So, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, like. The, the season is so long and, you know, there's ebbs and flows to it, right? Mm-hmm. Both from a team player and a, and a player perspective. And then so I was just thinking about like, you know, it's such a fine line between buying into a certain streak or uh, fading that streak. Right? And so like, you know, that can go both ways, like from a macro perspective of like, do I buy into this team? Do I fade this team? Or uh, should I buy into this player's hot streak? Or is it just a cold streak and, and it's gonna reverse to me so it's a really fine line and like so i was just thinking like how how to best approach like something like that and you know because you know we're such like emotionally driven you know beings right like you know the you know, concept of fomo and you know sometimes we buy too much into the hot streak sometimes we get too down uh you know when a player's you know just cannot hit the you know the side of the barn Uh, so it's just kind of, and then, so my, my, my mind just kind of went into that, that kind of tip and, you know, it's just like, yeah, in past pods, you know, it's always about like things connecting. And so that really took me to like other aspects of my life and like, you know, obviously trading is a huge part of it. And so like my biggest example right now is like, you know, this, this past year, so last year. You know, the last few years, whatever, the market's been going crazy because of the Fed and, you know, whatever, stimulus and all that stuff. And, you know, like I started my trading career the, basically the like a year or two before the dot-com bubble. So, you know, I've traded through that bubble. I traded through the housing bubble. And so, like, those experiences, like, have brought me to this point, right? So when all that shit was happening during COVID, I was like, oh, fuck man there's a lot of similarities here like you know this is some crazy shit and then so like it was kind of like as if like the universe was like yo you know i I taught you all that shit in the past i gave you those experiences to prepare you for for this right and so you know we ended up you know there are always obviously other factors into it but you know my wife and i like we ended up selling our house um i ended up short in the market like around, you know november pretty much when the fed, you know, they changed tunes. And so I've been short this whole time and over the last year, like things haven't been going straight down. They've been like, you know, face ripping rallies, you know, over 10% rallies, like, and you know, there's a guy I talked to and he's just like, yo, did you cover, did you cover? And I was like, no, I haven't. Right. And then he's just like, why? Well, cause I'm like, well, my basic thesis hasn't changed. You know, and so like these short term gyrations, even though they've been pretty massive, um, they didn't really change my fundamental viewpoint. Like the reason that, you know, they were going up were for other extraneous reasons. And like when I sat there and thought about it, I was like, I understand why, you know, whatever things are going up or I tried to understand like what the what the thesis is for the opposite way. And so I tried to think about it. And then eventually I I decided I don't agree with it. I can't get there. So I just maintained my short. And in the past, like when I used to trade back in the day, it was, I was more a day trader. And and, because I started as a market maker, so it was more like order flow and short-term gyrations. But then, you know, the market changed with like, you know, machine algorithms and stuff like that. So it was much harder, much more difficult to like, you know, implement the same style, right? And so... Like those short time durations, like like it, it it doesn't work now in this market because there's just too much noise. And so like that's what I got to thinking about, you know, like the fantasy aspect of the hoops, right? Because so much time, there's so much noise, right? Mm. Guy goes for thirty points, whatever, whatever, and he gets on a hot streak, like Landry Shamit, right? He's gone for thirty points in like two of the last four games, right? I mean, we pretty much know who Landry Shamit is, right? So we're not gonna be like, yo, he's gonna be Steph Curry, right? But There's other instances where, you know, maybe it's a young guy that like we have a lot of, you know, put a lot of like positivity in and we think there's a lot of potential in them. Then we're like, oh, shit, maybe we should latch on to him and things like that. Right. So I started thinking about, you know, just short term gyrations and stuff like that. And then, you know, now that like um, I'm at this point now where like those short term gyrations don't phase me as much. So, like, I tried to focus more, like, try to dig deeper and, like, you know, think of, like, the more, like, the fundamental reasons. And then it allowed me to be more patient. And so, like, I think back to, like, you know, fantasy hoops, you know, yeah, there's sometimes when, you know, I do cut a guy too early or I go after a guy too early. And, and you know, like the whole dropping and adding and things like that. And then so what I realized was, like, um, it's okay to make moves. And like it's sometimes it's okay to be early on a move but then there just has to be some sort of like fundamental basis for that move right and like you know like last year like you know there would be like kids at you know the parents at my kids school right and so this is kind of like when i knew it was like ultimate top in the market when all these parents are like you know you know we're talking about shit and then they're just going crazy fomo you can feel the energy Right. And then the stock market, if it goes down, they're like asking me, should I buy? I'm like, well, I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered for that. Right. Like, why are you buying? What's your thesis? Like, and so for them, they were just like, well, because it's down. I was like, that's not a fucking good enough reason. Right. Like, you know, so, so then that's when I realized like, oh, okay, we're in this type of environment. Right. And so, you know, when I'm thinking about like hoops and stuff like that, like You know, we talk about like process and experience and things like that and like mistakes. And so sometimes I feel like, you know, we're trying to get like that perfect scenario or pick up the perfect player or pick up the perfect time, sell high, buy low, you know, have the perfect draft and things like that. And like, you know, you and I, we talk about this, we write about it and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I realized you just have to do shit like you have to make mistakes in order, right? In order to get to that level, right? You have to cut the guy too early, right? You have to hold on to the guy to that so that you learn, right? And then I realized like history, like the matrix may shift and morph like from a superficial aspect, but fundamentally it's still a core, right? It's still the matrix. And, you know, Fun, it's like, you know, fundamentally, it, it remains the same. It's just the names change, the colors change, and things like that. And and then I realized, like, basically what we're doing is we're in, a basic, we're in a pattern recognition game. Like, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to see, because when we delve into stats and things like that, reversion to the mean and stuff like that, we're like, we're trying to copy things that have been done in the past type of thing, right? Or replicate, right? certain scenarios right Mm -hmm. like you know if this guy breaks out whatever whatever so then i realized like yeah in order to get to that level of awareness like yeah you have to fuck up (laughs) you have to make the mistakes right so that you learn and things like that and so you know ultimately i guess this rant is basically about like um you just got to go out there and do shit you know and i Hmm. realized like you know a lot of people like they ask advice for other people, you know, be like, should I drop this guy? Should I do that? You know, and I don't, I mean, I understand why they're doing it and where they're coming from, but I don't think that's how you get better, right? Like, it's good to get other people's perspectives, right? But, like, you have to go through shit yourself, right? And then, you know, I think the thing that, that really separates like the good players from you know the not so good players is that not only do they have the experience which is huge and then you know obviously the process that we we've, we've been talking about for for many of these pods right but um it you know it's, it just comes down to they have a basic concept of like their core thesis you know like what they're trying to accomplish what do they want like what kind of players they have and you know we we talk about this like A player that i like is probably going to be different than a player that you like Joel. right and then there's like you know hundreds millions of people that play fantasy hoops so we all have a different concept of you know what we like or what works for us right so you know you have to each individual has to go out there and figure out you know what works for them or what they most like right and what fits for them so um you know yeah but i don't know just like like okay, like pattern recognition, like you know, like recently the Memphis Golden State game going into it, right? So me and like this coworker were talking about, and he's just like, yo, what do you think the spread of it should be? And I was like, I don't know, um, uh, five mm. points, right? And he was just like, you're fucking crazy, right? Golden State, they've lost their last, you know, whatever two games by thirty points, right? They they fucking no curry. suck. No curry. Memphis is one of the best teams in the league, right? They're they're top five in offensive rating, top 10 in defensive rating, whatever. And then I was just like, well, yeah, like on paper, if you think of it, yeah, they should smoke them, right? But games on Christmas, they're at home. Golden State is like 12-2 and at home. Role players, like just they usually play better at home, right? And it's a primetime game. And so logically, like it doesn't make sense to be like, yeah, you probably you know maybe taking Golden State might be okay here, right? If you break that, like everything just logically But I've seen that scenario too many times in the past. Where I'm like, I've seen it where the fucking team wins, you know? Like mm-hmm. it, it it happens, right? And so that that goes back to another pattern recognition thing. Like like these scenarios, these these things, they they pop up, like they they happen over and over again. And like sometimes I feel like. Sometimes I feel like in life, like sometimes the universe is like, you need to learn something. And I'm going to keep fucking giving you that scenario until you learn your lesson, right? Until you learn it. I'm going to keep giving it to you, right? So, yeah. So that's my rant. I don't know. Hopefully it made (laughs) some sense. Hopefully some people got, you know, something from it. But I guess, you know, ultimately it's like don't overreact to like, I guess, short-term fluctuations like the emotional aspects of it, um, you know, if it ever gets to that point, you know, take a deep breath, take a step back, and then try to kind of diagnose the scenario, you know, see if like, right, if if, if you can kind of glean something from the past that can be relatable to the current situation, you know, tr- basically try to just break it down. And then once you break it down, and then you're like, okay, then it's, you know, make the move, then it's okay, right? So um, I don't know. But that kind of ties into like what I, the player that I want to talk to about, you know, Aaron Gordon. But I'll get into that after I give you a chance because I just rambled for like ten minutes straight. So,
1: <laughs> we did it again. Yeah, I, I can't help myself, Joel. Hey, I'm and I'm certainly not the man to stop you. So uh, this, uh, I mean, I, I I had a lot of sort of thoughts about that while you were talking. Yeah. Mostly that. You know, the universe just keeps on putting Rudy Gobert in front of me, and I keep on <laughs> pulling the lever, which is tough. You know, I mean, a- uh,
0: AD, Ad, for me, and Trey Young for you. Right. That's those are like yeah. our kryptonites right now.
1: Well, and you know, I, I think my mind has sort of been engaged with the, uh, the sort of mid-season draft that we just did because, in a lot of respects, it was a chance to do, to do get a do-over, which is you know, the, when I wrote that piece a couple weeks ago now, that was really what I was looking at is like, all right. Given what you know now of the season, you know, a lot of preseason drafts, particularly in that 25-man draft and hold format, there's a lot of speculation, yeah. you know? There's like a uh, an idea of who Jalen Smith could be as the starting power forward for the Pacers. And now we've had like a third of the season, which just like, well, he's lost that job. And like, it turns out Jalen Smith is actually just Jalen Smith. He's right. not this other thing. Yeah um i think we learned a lot from that experience actually (laughs) i agree i agree but you know I, i still feel like i made some mistakes in that draft um and i think that you know your line about like you just have to you have to do it the the only way you really or at least the best way that you can sort of internalize lessons is through experience and really like just having it driven into you of like these are the things that people do that successful people do. These are the kinds of mistakes that you make, um, or at least the mistakes that I'm making. Yeah. I, um, you know, my, my whole like trajectory with fancy basketball has been kind of strange because I've, I find that I've, because I've sort of like been writing your coattails, I've showed up in rooms that I was not qualified to be in. Um, and this most recent draft was, uh, a good reminder of just like there's a lot that can be learned still. Um, you know, like, I don't remember who mentioned it in the, in the chat, but like the projections love Racco, and just like, there's a reason for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and thinking about um, some of the mistakes that I feel like I, I've made, we our season is now like one day old and I feel like I've made some mistakes already. So yeah, you know, you you do have to, you do have to be someone that goes through the sort of trials um, in order to really learn something, but you also have to be really like plugged in. And I feel like, yeah. um, you know, that's been a, that's been a great benefit for me with this, this most recent draft is like, I really was thinking, I don't know why I made some of the choices that I made, but I know that I was thinking about it. And yeah. so, um, well, yeah, that, you know,
0: like, I'm sorry, go ahead. go
1: ahead. Oh, just, there's plenty to learn, you know, there's, there's plenty to learn, and um, if you're like me and you're fortunate enough to be surrounded by people that really know their things, like you just pay attention to the way that these guys draft, um, or pay attention to the kinds of moves they make or the kind of moves they don't make, um, because yeah, you know there there's a reason why the the same names show up on leaderboards over and over and over again. And for sure, um, yeah, I, I really like that draft. I really. Um, I think there's some important takeaways that i am like uh ruminating on, so um, yeah, so break it down like what what mistakes
0: do you think you made, and what are you kind of like ruminating on right now?
1: um I think that i I get too concerned with the uh sort of specialty stats. I think that I get because I know that blocks and steals are rarer than the other things that we look at, I've, I tend to over-prioritize them. I'm
0: the same. Uh,
1: yeah. Which, you know, I think manifested in players like Gary Trent, who's got this really attractive steal rate, although, you know, he's playing like 25, sometimes fewer than 25 minutes a game now. You know, how useful is a steal rate if you're not actually getting the minutes? Yeah. We're a player like Bol Bol with like the one point seven blocks or whatever like you know they're it's very attractive because in your mind you can sort of go like all right well like i have got and i've got gobert and i've got trent and i've got jose alvarado i've got steals you know i've got that's it those are the two categories um but you you know one of the lessons that i learned and applied a little bit in this most recent draft is like, you know, you really have to value points, especially early in the draft. I think you've got to value points throughout the draft because it's a very easy thing to fall behind in because there's so many of them. And so, yeah, that Gary Trent in the seventh or I guess it must have been in the ninth, um, instead of taking like R.J. Barrett's or Kelton Johnson or... Uh, there was one other player that's like a big, a big scorer who has like warts, you know, inefficiencies or lack of other, of other, um, sort of like auxiliary stats. Um, I would, I'd like to rewind that a little bit (laughs) and have gotten someone with a little bit more, with just a little bit more floor. Um, I think that, you know, points are, points are not only valuable because, um, you know like there it's a whole category of itself but if you can score you can prop you're probably gonna get to play you know like yeah barrett is a really flawed player but like god damn being able to like pop off for 30 or 40 points on any given night just means like people are gonna give you a shot every night to go and try and do it um yeah whereas for like for sure. if you're, if you're hunting like a, a go bear and you're like well you know the the blocks are great and the the rebounds are good and you know there's there's these things that he does that are uh, attractive and provide value Um, but he's really struggling and like you know I'm not I'm not worried about Nas Reed taking his job but I can also acknowledge that like it's not going well and to have to have spent you know premium draft capital on someone who's kind of struggling in that kind of way it does um, there are some drawbacks to that I think like Getting guys who score throughout is just like it's a it's a good thing to do because they're, they're probably going to keep playing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I I think where I've kind of tweaked it a little bit was not just like points because there's some guys that are just really one dimensional, like you know, like a Landry Shamit type, right? They're just going to shoot and score, right? But so I've kind mm. of broadened it out a little bit to more. Uh, usage and minutes which is basically the same thing what you're saying because right. you're like you know if a guy can score he's gonna be on the court right so then you know it it comes down to if you're on the court then there's more chances that a rebound falls to you you get hit in the head and you get a steal <laughs> right you yeah. fall down and like the the ball comes to you right so yeah like like minutes are gold and it goes back to our minutes are gold thing um and you know I think we talked about this I think maybe two pods ago I think but you know when I was looking at Wong's you know main, address, main, uh, main event draft sorry you know that's you know he didn't really target specific stats he was just it looked like he was just going for guys that were playing and that were like you know you know putting up shots and just being in a position to get a rebound or to dish out mm-hmm. an assist so if you have usage then you know three four assists whatever it doesn't sound like a lot but you know hey if you're on the court over 30 you know 32 minutes and then you have five of those guys <laughs> right like that's not bad right so you know just the accumulation of all those counting stats like any type of counting stat, is, is a good stat and mm-hmm. you know like you said like you know there's some guys that are playing a lot um say like a dorian finney smith something like that but the usage is just so low Right. And, you know, they get you a couple of reals, couple of points, but, you know, they're not scoring. They're scoring six, seven points, right? Eight points. Right. So, you know, and, you know, you're, you know, utilizing those guys for because, oh, they can give me a steal. They can give me a block here. But, you know, ah, you know, fuck it. You know, like you said, RJ Barrett, like, yeah, his shooting efficiency sucks. And, you know, the defensive stats suck, you know, whatever, 0.4-ish steals and blocks, yeah, it's right? Like- yeah, Yeah. And so, But, like, sometimes, and I, I think I make the same mistake as you, like, sometimes we look at, like, the 0.4 steals compared to, like, whatever, Dorian finishes at 0.9, and then we're like, oh, shit, that 0.5 difference is so huge, but really, it's not, right? Because, you know, okay, you're losing 0.5 steals, but then you're also getting you know, three more assists, you know, four more rebounds, and then 20 points more, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you're
1: never going to get, like, an accidental 30-point game from Dortmund. Exactly, yeah. It just never happens. Whereas, like, Barrett will score, like, 27 points seven times this year. Maybe more, you know? Yeah. Uh, And and also, like, it drives home... It drives home the difference between playing Roto and playing head-to-head. You know? Because, like not only are like minutes and like uh, the ability to score going to keep you on the floor and then the the sort of ball finding you kind of magic that you were talking about comes into play. But like, yeah, you know, if I'm out here going like, well, Gary Trent has 1.6 steals per game. That's a real, that's really valuable. I have to prioritize that instead of um, someone else, but like, but Gary Trent, is going to lose his job. You know, Gary Trent is in the process as we speak of losing his job. And so it's just like you know that that per minute value or that like you know per 36 kind of stuff that you look at and you go like wow this is these rates are unbelievable but like part of the reason why they're unbelievable is because it's happening you know, in a smaller compression of time. Right. You know, if we're going to be doing aggregate scoring give yourself more chances for things to happen by being the guy who plays 35 minutes a night because, you know, he can be a difference maker for his team as opposed to, you know, like I, I'm i just citing the guys that I have, like instead of like the Trents and the Bulls who've got like these amazing uh, per game stats in specialty categories that, you know, like you can make a very real and valid argument that like, what if Bol Bol loses his job because he's not very good at basketball, (laughs) you know? And so you, you can kind of, you can kind of get stuck with it. Um, so that's definitely a thing that I've, I've been thinking about. Um, and then the other thing, which, you know, I, kind of realized, you know, my first format in this kind of my, my first time with this draft format, that has now become like the thing that I'm most interested in playing in, which is this like draft champions thing. Um, was the Raz Jam three years ago, which means I've played in like seven of these in my life, and I'm going up against like you and Jenicky and Turner and Racco. Like all these people have a lot. I mean, you drafted more of those formats of drafts this summer than I have, period. And so I'm learning some like intricacies of how that draft goes and how it unfolds. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I screwed up again in this draft is I didn't handcuff anyone because I didn't, I never prioritized it, you know? And I think that that's a thing that like I just need to be a lot more conscious of. I think it's hard to keep, um, to maintain focus in that kind of draft because it takes literally like two weeks to unfold. And yeah. so to be, Engaged in every in every pick, particularly like from like I don't know fifteen through twenty five, you're just not doing the same kind of thinking about it. Or I wasn't at least that I was doing at the top of the draft. And I think that like endurance is one thing. Like you've just got to like be in the fight for longer. And the other thing is like once you've made a pick, you need to start thinking about like. So I took Lillard at one. I should have been thinking about getting anthony simons, simons. Yep. in like the sixth you know like and i should have been more willing to to eat whatever opportunity cost was available to me by getting the cuff because the cuff matters so much you know like and i had chances to do it up and down the roster like i could have i could have and should have and failed to cuff uh d'angela russell despite knowing that like after Jordan McLaughlin, like, there just isn't another guard. Like, there is no point guard there. Delo's barely a point guard as is. Like, why didn't you go get the guy who could do his job? The only other guy who could do it. But, you know, because I'm playing with these smarter players or I'm playing with these players that have more experience in this, you're not going to just, like, have, like, Simon's fall to you. Yeah. And, like, you can, you can uh, sort of, like, good fortune your way into a handcuff. You've got to prioritize it you're gonna ha- you're gonna feel a little bit of a bite probably when you do it but that's the cost of getting him as opposed to now we're like you know if Lillard or Russell or Mitchell get hurt I'm cooked or Zion you know there just isn't I've got a bunch of backups but none of their backups and having their backups really matters so for sure Yeah definitely some mistakes and some some thinking has gone into this since since finishing that draft
0: Yo, it's all reps, right? Reps and experience, Seriously. you know, it's, uh, and you know, I think the beneficial thing, though, is that uh, the sense of awareness, right? Like, so you've identified some things, um, and so just going forward, I think it's going to make you better, right? It's going to make you a better player. And, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, like, so when I'm doing the pod notes, um, just Aaron Gordon. You know just came into my mind and you know obviously the the huge dunk that he had uh the yeah other night was, speaking like,
1: of <laughs> yeah right
0: yeah i mean it was crazy um and then you know i, I dug in a little bit and just kind of like how denver unlocked him you know he's so he's second in the league in total dunks right now his three points attempts have gone down by like seven percent uh, his, you know, his dunks have gone up, I think it was like 9%. I forgot the exact numbers, but, you know, huge difference. been you know, the thing is they traded for him mid-season and then he was with them for one season. And it just took him a long time, right? it like, Granted, there were injuries, right? Jamal Murray, MPJ. So the kind of the team dynamics, uh, the macro structure was a little different. But, you know, this year uh, they, they finally figured out how to utilize him best alongside jokic right and so that process took a year and a half right and so like just it got me thinking and this is why i went on my whole like the whole ryu walk and like where it kind of took me was because so many times um you know we i think we think we feel like uh it's a plug and play situation if a, a player goes to a different team Boom, we're gonna take his stats and they just plug him in right there, and, right, and just numbers, right? He's averaging twenty, he's gonna average twenty here, blah blah blah, right? And we think it's like a, just a simple fit, but like it never is, right? Because there's so many variables, um, you know, the human aspect of like, uh, you know, where where is each player in the hi- hierarchy? Like the whole hierarchy shift, the totem pull shift, usage shifts. Uh, just, you know, personalities, shifts, clashing, just all that stuff, like, it it, it matters, right? And it takes time. And so, like, not just for, like, a player, like, you know, like, okay, so going back further for Aaron Gordon, like, even with his whole kind of career arc, you know, drafted fourth overall, you know, huge, like, physical gifts. You know, he's kind of like comp to Blake Griffin, franchise player. And he was in that role for a while, but he just... Could never take that next step. He can never, yeah. you know, break into superstardom. And like some guys just don't have that capacity. I don't know what it is, whether it's like emotional, mental, desire, whatnot. Some guys are, are meant to be superstars and some guys are meant to be great role players. And I think mm-hmm. that's where Aaron Gordon is. And like, I think for a long time, there was kind of maybe like, some sort of maybe an identity crisis right every I have these skills everybody wants me to be a franchise player so I'm gonna do stuff and try to be it but it's just it's not a natural fit I don't think for his personality right so it took some time for him to where now he's in a situation where he's not he's not in that guy but it seems like he's just much more comfortable and then also you know more importantly you know but the, the whole puzzle fits right like if he wasn't playing with jokic right it is you know right it's a totally different scenario but Perfect. you know that's the thing about like the universe right like time and space like there's so many things we cannot control but then sometimes there's a time and a place for everything so that now that you know gordon is in this environment playing alongside jokic and whatever with all these other pieces so there's just so many things that go into it and then i so so for me the thing that kind of like resonated with me was that Um, and it ties into the whole patience thing that I was talking about in the beginning, you know, sometimes we have to, um, think about all the other factors that go into, into things, whether it be player production, uh, or team makeup and things like that. And then, then it goes into like, you know, how long can you be patient? Right. And then how, right. How long, like, when can you pull the cord? So then, so then I think that comes with experience, Right. And then just kind of seeing like what is important you know what kind of factors are important and what to look for but i you know for me i just think aaron gordon is like a perfect example for that because you know he was a top 100 player back in 2017 right and then so basically after that everybody kind of wrote him off and so coming into this year you know he was outside the top 100 right he's a top 75 player now and so going forward like these are the type of guys that, like, you know, everybody knows to take Jokic first, right? You know, right? Everyone knows, okay, Anthony Davis, yeah, all right, end of the first round. I mean, you know, there's debate about exactly where an injury risk, blah, 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 but you know that that's where he's going to go. But, you know, a player like Aaron Gordon or, like, Brooke Lopez is a perfect example too, right? Because the injury and stuff like that, everybody kind of, you know, discarded him. And, you know, I remember the email with the email exchange with, with guess, when, you know, I was kind of asking him like, you know, why were you all in on Kyrie and AD? And he was like, well, basically because everybody was off them. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes shit is just that, it that simple. Right. And then it, it affects price. It affects, you know, costs and everything. So, um, you know, I was just thinking about Aaron Gordon. I'm like, yeah, later in the draft, like, you know, these are the type of guys that, um, you kind of want to like keep your eye out for right obviously you want like the young guys that have potential to pop you know like those guys are like it's the same concept but from a different point right because those guys are young a lot of unknown and then there's you know upside but then these are the kind of guys where they're older and they get discarded and then you feel like there's no upside but because their draft cost gets so depressed right that these are the guys that are able to exceed their draft cost by two or three rounds. Right. And so, um, you know, I, so I guess this was like the main genesis of why I started thinking about like this whole thing was because, um, you know, sometimes, you know, we do need to dig in to where, uh, you know, we don't get caught up so much in the the narrative and the emotion and, you know, the the recency bias. You know, we have to dig in and if there's some sort of like fundamental, if we get to the fundamental core, fundamental basis of things, um, I think, you know, sometimes you can extract value, you know what I'm saying? So
1: I do. Yeah, no, I, I mean, while you were talking, I just pulled up, um, basketball monster and I'm looking at like the, the first two rounds and most of those names are the names that you know, yeah. you know, like. Presently, uh, Kevin Durant is is number one. Like, how many years has Kevin Durant been one of the five best players in basketball? It's like, it, it just is. Yeah. And like, you know, there are examples. <clears throat> excuse me, there are examples of um, of players making that kind of leap. You know, looking at like Shea or, or Halliburton. You know, there was some buzz on Halliburton preseason. Yeah. There wasn't nearly as much. Actually, Shea would have been a good guy to, exactly. to do a counter exactly. narrative. Exactly because about. Of the
0: the the basis of missing games. So mm-hmm. his draft costs, you know, fourth round, third, fourth round. So, yeah, same concept. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, you know, like Tatum, Jokic, Davis, Doncic, Curry, Laurie marketing I was obviously having a huge surprise here, as is Brooke, MB, DeRozan, Sabonis, Edwards, Borzingis, Vooch, Ananobi, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker. Like these, it's the it's usual suspects, you know, like, and so that was actually that was one of the first lessons that I learned out of the Raz Jam was just like trying to trying to accurately peg the young guy breakout into the top ten. It's A, it's really hard to do. It's hard to it's hard to correctly identify that person and get them at costs so that you're not falling behind on that, on the value. But also just like it just doesn't happen very often. Right. You know, it's it's most of the time, the majority of the of the names near the top are the names that have been there the year before, right. you know? Um, yeah, we try so there's definitely, we try to galaxy we, brain shit, but it's the shit is right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you why, um, uh, God, I can't even think of who I I was doing. Uh, Let me tell you why Michael Porter Jr. is actually going to be the the 18th best player in basketball. Well, maybe, you know, I guess if everything goes right Right, right. for him and only him. then. Well, well, uh, Well, you know,
0: the thing is, is like everything is probabilities, right? Range of outcomes. Right. And so, like, the thing is, is like the range of outcomes for like a Kevin Durant is very minuscule he's either gonna be the number one player or like the number seven player, right? That, yeah. <laughs> that range is so minuscule, whereas the range for a Michael Porter Jr., yes, the upside is if he, whatever, does this and racks up more steals, whatever, he could be, at, you know, top 20 or whatever in the second round, right? Top 20 player, sure. right? But, I mean, he could be out of the top 200 because his back, right? So that range of outcomes is so much wider but sometimes we uh forget to account for that in terms of the like the yeah. risk reward ratio, right? You know, like Kevin Durant, the risk reward ratio is very, very small, right? Whereas for Porter, it's 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 so huge. But like, yeah, we just galaxy brain shit and then just manufacture reasons of you know, like latch onto the optimism where you know, we forget like the downside aspect of it. You know? And like exactly. you know, this this gets, you know, to me like um it's a little more difficult to, I guess, apply it to fantasy basketball to some degree, but like, you know, like back to like trading, like. I learned after a while after losing, you know, a lot of fucking money, but <laughs> basically, like, you know, every time I put on a position, I never, I stopped thinking about like how much I could make. It was more mm-hmm. about how much can I lose, so so for me, before I put a put on a position, it was always about. How much am I willing to lose? And if shit hits the fan, where am I out? And then after that, I realized you take care of that shit. Then when things go your way, it's so much easier. It's so much easier yeah. to manage, right? Cause it's, you know, you just know your downside. So, you know, you know, that's the thing with like fantasy hoops, right? Yeah. Like you have to incorporate the downside of a player, right? Like, um, you know michael porter doing is a perfect example but even like a Kawhi leonard you know and like i think about this a lot you know because when i was doing my projections and stuff like that like on a permanent basis like he was a fucking beast right mm-hmm. and even though i nuked him <laughs> he was still a beast he was like top 10 right so then i'm like all right i gotta you know ding him at, you know some so you know third round and i think most people had the same idea Third round, that's good because basically when he's on the court, he's going to put a first round production. But then, you know, we forgot to incorporate that extra down bit of downside and it was there, right? But we just kind of assumed certain things, right? I don't think anybody predicted or had in their thought like, yeah, like, okay, he missed games, but they didn't think that even when he played, he was only going to play 20 minutes. I, yeah. I don't think that was in the range of outcomes for anybody. But yet, it was well within the range of outcomes. We just didn't factor it in, right? So, you know, I think if if we would have done that, like, you would have been probably put him at, like, fifth round, right? Around that range, fifth round level. And then I think it's a lot more palatable, right? But, but yeah, you know, that's just... Yeah, it's, yeah, incorporating the downsides, so, yeah.
1: But, you know, that, like that made me think about I'm really annoyed that I didn't get a chance to do this or that I didn't understand where we were in the calendar and that I didn't do this because I definitely want to do it next year. And I think it will help a lot, but like that is the real benefit of drawing a line through someone's name. Yeah, You know, because like you won't get, if, if you're sitting there pre-draft and going like thinking about downsides of Kawhi Leonard and going like, well, you know, he might only play like 40 games and, you know, thinking about, like, what being the in-season management would be like of, like, how do you set a weekly lineup with a guy like Kawhi Leonard? Do you, like look at, do you want to go through the, the process of looking at their schedule and like, all right, well, that's a back-to-back, so we want <laughs> right. to play then. And then maybe, but then the next week they do that. And, da, 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 and just, like, if you just say no, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far. It doesn't matter if you can... Uh, wait out Kawhi Leonard until the fifth round where like the value truly starts to match up with what the cost is. Like if you can just say, no, I won't, he doesn't exist. Take him off the board. I'm going to get the guy that I do want instead. Like it's a, you know, I used to think that the, the, the benefit of doing that kind of like pre-work or that kind of thinking ahead of time was that you, you wouldn't get caught like grabbing a player that you don't want. But really what it is is like it just ensures that you get the guy that you do want. And you don't get you don't fall into these like Kawhi Leonard shaped pitfalls of like, well, you know, but there he was and like it's Kawhi Leonard, and so you have to. Like, if you can think about this enough beforehand and say, like, you know, I just don't think it's gonna be worth it. I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell than, like, just go get Donovan Mitchell and feel better about the world, you know? Yeah, uh, well,
0: definitely. I mean, that's a Rocco thing, I, right? Rocco was always mm-hmm. like, dude, I don't want to fucking deal with that shit, right? Like, you know, fuck, you know, exactly to your point. I'm looking at the schedule, back-to-back. He may play two, but fuck, I don't know if he's going to play one. So, yeah, Rocco, that's why Rocco's probably laughing at me because I took fucking AD. and AD, my, oh, he's always laughing at me, but... He's laughing at me because I took AD in, in the you know his mid round mid season draft, which is
1: yeah, which is
0: really dumb on my part. But um, you know, obviously you know thinking back on it, just especially with all the things that we've been talking about, you know, like uh definitely should have you know been a lot more safer. Um, but you know I did think about it, and you know that's one of the reasons why I took Jalen Brown in the second because I wanted that safety, and then you know, part of it was like, because it is a draft and hold, so like, it's a draft, so you don't have to worry about, you know, figuring out when to put them in, like, the systems, is are going to automatically do it, so for me, all that stuff, I, I galaxy brand myself, I was like, alright, it's worth it, <laughs> but, you know, but at the end of the day, it, it, it really isn't, you know, and, um, yeah, the the KC Cha, you know, thing was, I mean, it's, I love it too, right, just, just fucking X them out,
1: right, and, yeah. Are you going to do that for baseball? I know you're getting into baseball yeah. prep.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, uh, especially, well, because like I'm going to co-manage some teams with Rudy, and he has his war room, so like we're going to talk over things, and we'll go with Rudy. But I think before I look at his sheet, I'm going to go through stuff and identify guys that I want, uh, and then uh, I'm going to excel guys, and then I'm going to have guys there. Uh, I'll have my list. And then when Rudy gets his sheet, I'll compare it and then maybe I'll add some guys where if we talk about it and then uh, once some ADP comes out, then I'll see where it is. And then I may have to add or delete guys, you know, whatever in regards to that. But uh, yeah, going into it, I, 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 I definitely want to do that, right, because uh, it just makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think the main benefit for me is you know, not only, you know, getting trapped with the guy because you galaxy brain yourself and you're like, oh, well, you know, he fell and what value and then you start thinking of shit. But more importantly for me is like, if I do go through that process, then that means like I I delve deep enough into each player to the point where if I'm willing to X him out, then, right, that means I did enough research on it to to get to that point. Because a lot of times I I realize if I'm wishy-washy, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I could kind of do it. I could kind of see this that means I didn't, you know, I didn't dig deep enough into that player. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So for me, I, I think the benefit, the, the biggest benefit of doing that is that, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. But you know, it's just funny, right? Like it's, it's such a simple concept, <laughs> right? But not too many people do it. And the thing is, it's, it's out there in the universe, right? It's out mm-hmm. there on the internet, but. You know,
1: <laughs> it's not secret. Yeah, it's not a not secret, secret,
0: but not many people, you know, do it, which is crazy.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like this, like this entire podcast. I've been thinking about like what our podcast is, and just like I feel like it's really just like two guys learning lessons slowly. Basically, like, that's Basically. that's really the name of the game. You're just like, oh well, so here's a really here's a very insightful and useful <laughs> bit of information that I'm going to disregard. How many times do you have to disregard it before I start like implementing it? Yeah. You know. And the one time that I had success in like these kinds of formats it was because it was because I didn't take any any like big swings within the first like 7 rounds and then I caught lightning in a bottle in the like 17th round or whatever with Scotty Barnes and like then what you were saying of just like if you've done the work and you've identified the late guys then that's really all you that's all you need to do is pair them with the guys, with the Durants and the, you know, the sort of steady year-over-year producers. You don't have to you don't have to be a br- a brilliant genius with incredible foresight of seeing Shea gilgis Alexander as the second best player and taking him at two. All you need to do is draft like, you know, DeMar DeRozan. At the appropriate time and have a team full of DeMar DeRozans and then show off that big brain later and you get those guys that pop towards the end you know like we're just we're we're trying to we're trying to demonstrate that we know something way too early (laughs) i feel like the first like seven rounds should really just be like no like well i have two guards so let me get like the the third round forward you know
0: Yeah, and you know, Rocco just posted his results uh, where he's at on his DCs, and like, right? There's a reason why he has all those first, second, thirds, right, and not too many teams down in the below, because, uh, because he is so solid up top, right? And yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he's winning shit, right? And you know, he, you know, not only does he, you know, break down the numbers and just I think he's really good with overall team construction um but i think ultimately yeah like he doesn't he doesn't galaxy brain himself like he doesn't feel the need to be a hero right he's just like yo you know if i do my shit, if i pick up my royce o'neill in the 15th round then like you know that's that's my ego that's my ego boost right there right yeah um and you know, back to what you were saying about like this pod. um, And, and, you know, sometimes I I joke with my friend about like just me being a father, right? Like I may not be able to instill the most wisdom upon my my kid and, you know, Mm -hmm. if I break down lessons to him, but what I can tell him is not what to fucking do because I've done all those mistakes. So I can tell him, if you do this, this is fucking going to happen because I've done it, right? So, you know, in some way though, like that's wisdom, right? Like in some way, right? So, um, yeah. And you know, I mean, off, off the air, you know, we've talked about like, like kind of like what my goal is, like you've asked me what my goal is for like, you know, whatever fantasy and stuff like that. And, um, you know, part of it is like, yeah, like I want to be good. I want to be good at at fantasy sports. Like I want to, I want to win. I want to win a main event. I want to win, you know, some leagues. And you know, part of it is just the challenge of it. Right. But then also part of it is like, you know, street cred, right? Like, you know, like our pod right now, is like, yeah, it's great because I think it's good because we're, we're talking and thinking about shit that like, I don't think everybody's talking about or, you know, or is thinking about, right. So on that level, that's good. But then also, you know, like, a lot of our mistakes and like i said like with my kid like people can learn from those mistakes right people can learn from our errors and it's you know it's kind of like um when i talk to people about like my trading you know life man i've spent you know ton of fucking money on tuition and i always tell people i've spent the money not just the, the physical money but the emotional money right and Hopefully, what I tell you, you take it so you don't fucking have to go through it, but they have to go through it (laughs) at the end of the day, right? You always do. Because people are just, ah, who the fuck are you? Like, whatever, I don't, whatever. And then, but then they'll come back later and be like, yeah, I should have fucking listened to you, right? But I guess that's just a part of the process, right? But, you know, hopefully, you know, our mistakes or our insights or, you know, our failures um, can kind of show people what not to do or to have you know, a better process or, you know, you know, basically to, to be better, I guess that's yeah. uh, at the end of the day, you know, cause, um, you know, I mean, I, 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 think, I think we're both good writers. I think we're both decent players. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other pods out there where there's guys, you know, that, you know, are consistently winning, you know, and I'm just talking, not talking about basketball, but just other, every other sport. Um, you know their knowledge base is so good uh, or like they delve so well into the game i don't think we're we're at that level um
1: i'm definitely yeah not.
0: and and you know like i don't i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing you know like to be honest with you um because uh i mean i guess in a way that kind of that's kind of like what differentiates us from from others you know because because i, I don't know i don't consider myself an expert you know, I just right. I just consider myself some dude that I think we both enjoy writing. We both enjoy playing, and we're both trying to get better. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it it will be really cool though, at some point though, where you know we do get to that level, and then and then it it transforms and morphs, right? So like, you know, hopefully we get to that level so we can experience it because I think that would be kind of cool too, right?
1: <laughs> I agree. Yeah. No. I I definitely. Yeah, you know, I, um, you know, speaking for myself here, just like, I, it's a great privilege of mine that like, I am now like doing these drafts with people that are as accomplished as they are, because, you know, like it's one thing to, to be able to beat your friends, to beat the guys you play basketball with, to win a home league with your cousin or whatever, you know, but i do uh I do enjoy the game I do like thinking about it. it's a thing that um I get a lot of satisfaction out of, and now that I'm in this space where like I'm seeing how these other people do this, you know it's a real opportunity to grow a little bit and I think if you, if we are holding the attitude or the disposition that like well, I am successful, I know what I'm doing, I'm the person that's got it all figured out. listen to me like. No, man, the, the, the opportunity here, the thing that's most interesting to me is like, there's a real chance to grow. There's a a very like, uh, valuable opportunity that, uh, you know, because you run Razzball and because I annoyed my way into being a sidekick here, (laughs) like, um, you know, this is, uh, it's not often that you get to like be around the very best of of anyone in a in a field. At least yeah. in my life, that's been true. So, yeah, it's it's very cool that like we can see these things, and we can have these conversations, and we can um, watch the way that these players that we really respect do things. And then, uh, ideally, stop drafting Gary Trent <laughs> and like win no <laughs> goddamn thing. You know, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm if. If people, if our great many listeners are tuning in because they think that we have really you know, great wisdom that we are going to impart, like the the wisdom that we are imparting is is sort of talking our way through, like how we ended up making the mistakes we made and then what we're going to do to try to prevent those mistakes from, from repeating, like saying things like, you have to be intentional about your handcuffs <laughs> and things like that. Uh, yeah, That's yeah, cool. I, I, I really value... Um, sort of the opportunity that exists here. And I'm, I'm genuinely enthusiastic and excited about what the future looks like for me in this space, because I do think that I could get there. I don't, I, it can be taught, which means like I can learn it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. I'm I'm really, I'm so glad I was invited or I said yes to that that i was invited and i said yes to that mid-season tournament because it really does it it's a different way to get to engage with this and i feel the same way about that 30 deep team too just like i have different thoughts about patience and team building and um and depth you know there's there's a lot of learning that's going on over here yeah no for sure you know it's um
0: you know when i look back at my i guess my journey uh i mean it's pretty hilarious when i think about it right because you know, the only reason why I started writing in the beginning was because, you know, I I shut down my, my trading account for a little bit cause to take care of my kids. And then, you know, the kids are sleeping, so I had some free time, and I just started just writing shit. Um, and then one thing led to a le- another, and then, you know, boom, 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 I'm here. The one thing that I realized uh, over, I guess, over the years was... Um, one was like, I guess like trying, trying shit, trying new stuff. Um, that really, that really, um, I don't know. I, I I, honestly, I think that was just a thing that the universe was just trying to, to get me to learn. Right. Because it kept putting these opportunities in me. And like, I remember, you know, looking back at my life, there were so many opportunities where I didn't, you know, nut up and, and take advantage of it. You know, and then as I got older, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, and like there were certain things where it's like I dreaded doing it. Like I I, I like legitimately like hated it. You know, like, you know, even doing the daily recap, you know, for like at some point I fucking hated it. Like <laughs> it was so Fires. much work. Right. And then, you know, like trying to do projections like that whole process like, I, I, I mean, I still suck at it. Right. But I, I did not want to do it because I had, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing and it was like really hard. But then I was just like, you know, just did it. And then, you know, just little, like, you know, little things like, Oh, you know, you want to write here or someone gives me an opportunity. You want to try this? You want to try that? And then I just said, yes, you know, eventually, you know, Because I said yes to some of those things, it brought me to where I'm at now, which is crazy, right? Like, you know, like Wong asked me to write for The Athletic with him. What the fuck? Like, you know, like that, like, it's still like that blows my mind, you know? It's just like, like, right? And, you know, it's kind of like the only reason that opportunity came was because I kept badgering him to try to get him on the pod. (laughs) And he kept saying, fuck you, right? Like, I don't have time for this shit, right? But, you know, I don't know. You know, it's just like, you know, I, I, you know, like you're a good writer. And like, you know, you enjoy, you know, fantasy hoops. You know, obviously, right, we've been talking all these times to the pod. Um, it's just weird, you know, how the universe works, right? Like the more you put yourself out there, you know, yeah, it's those cliche quotes of, um, you know, you make your own luck, that type of stuff. Like there's a bunch of quotes like yeah. that. Right. But you know, like, all right. So I'm now, I'm going to go off on a tangent, right. I, I may, I may have One said more time. Yeah, I may have said this in the past, but, and, and granted, this is when I used to like smoke a lot of weed and, I and mean, whatever, but,
1: um, <laughs> Glad we've really contextualized. Yes. This. Like, yes. This was the headspace that I was in. <laughs> you know, you think I was galaxy brain now. Yeah. Wait oh, until you hear I this, mean, when, you know,
0: did shrooms and, you know, did all that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you know there was a there was a point in my life where i was like um you know like trying to break down the concept of fate and free will and then you know it's you know it's the whole thing like if i walk down the street and i put my right foot this way and my left foot this way was it my conscious choice or was it fate that i did that right and i started bugging out about that and then it and then it goes on to like all right. If things were truly meant to be, like if I was meant to like have this job or this girl, or whatever, that means I could just sit in my room and smoke weed, and that job will knock on my door and right, it'll open, yep. right? But then, eventually, um, you know, I think I realized, like, yeah, that it, you know, life doesn't work like that, right? Like, uh, you have to put yourself in positions, uh, whatever, to be seen or, uh, you know, put your stuff out there. Um, And it could be anything, whether it be just saying hi to someone or seeing somebody or writing something and it's out on the Internet or uh, having some sort of interaction or saying yes to a thing that, you know, you're dreading, uh, but you just do it anyways. Or, uh, you know, like I'm not I'm probably more of an introvert, my personality. And so like potting and like doing video streams and stuff like that, like I would have never thought. Of doing that back in the day it's just like what you're crazy no nah, hell no way right um, why would
1: anyone listen to me yeah you know? you know
0: yeah it's just yeah that was just the furthest thing from my mind um you know and then you know you just just do it right and, and then things come like even me being you know like for like you know taking care of rasball hoops like that was like a totally random thing you know i remember i remember like gray Um, you know, I wrote for baseball and football and stuff like that. And then one day, you know, JB was the guy that used to do hoops. Uh, and Gray was like, yo, like, let's meet up. And like, we never met up before. Right. I never really had interactions with Gray. He's like, yo, let's meet up. Let's meet up in K-Town. JB's here. I was like, all right. (laughs) All right, fuck it. We'll go. And then we're just chilling. And then I think literally like a week or two later, maybe I, I forget the exact time, but it wasn't that much further after that, you know jb you know whatever i had to do some stuff and then gray was like yo you want to take over hoops and i was like thinking about it, like not really you know it's a lot of fucking work right <laughs> sounds like work, yeah, yeah a lot of fucking work you know you know not that much money it's like ah you know but uh fuck it you know like you know just ended up doing it and then right one thing led to another this that so yeah it's just um and now you have to
1: podcast with me I, every week. You know what I'm saying? What a turn of events. Yeah, you know,
0: it's like now I'm living the dream, right? But, <laughs> but you know, like, yeah. I mean, who knows where this is going to take us, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's I guess that's the unknown is, is part of the, you know, probably the exciting thing of this. But, you know, with that said, like, you know, we're just fucking shooting the shit, like just having fun, just talking hoops, right? And, you know, hopefully you know, our journey. in a way, now that I think about it, it's kinda like Bill and Ted's exit adventure. You know? Is that what it's like? Kind of like you know, we're just like traversing through the universe and going through different times and, you know, we're learning different lessons. Uh and, you know, uh we're probably kinda like more on the dumb and dumber side of of fantasy hoops, right? But at the same time, you know uh, you know, I, I do think that, um, There are some, you know, lessons, some, you know, spouts of wisdom, uh, that, you know, that we do provide that, you know, that can help people out there. So, um, yeah, I need
1: more weed. I need more shrooms.
0: I was just saying, man, if we're (laughs) going to be
1: doing a, uh, remodeling this journey off of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, like I can't be the only stoner here. We've got, this has to be a partnership, you know, uh, but no, man, I, um, I think that that seems pretty good. We had a bunch of other dumb shit that we were going to talk about, but I, you know, we can talk about, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Having the best field goal percentage of his career or some other time, I think, you know, like, yeah, this, this seems like a a good one. Welcome back. You look tan, you look happy. Uh, Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I'm still, I'm
0: still kind of in Hawaii. Um, I mean, you, you were just there, you know, within the last year. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a fabulous place, um, you know. Walking out there and doing my ryu walks out there was a way to do it. it was it was great, you know. It's it's really fantastic. Um, yeah, man, you know, like, uh, like honestly, all right. So, this is what this is our last part for 2022, right? So our next one is gonna be, uh, 20, you know, 2023. So, um, yeah, man, ho- like hopefully you know, it's a good year for both of us, you know, hopefully some opportunities, uh, arise for you. So I think some opportunities definitely came for me this year, uh, I know you're waiting for some stuff, so hopefully, you know, they come for you, uh, and then, you know, not only that, but, um, you know, hopefully we continue to grow, you know, in what we're doing, right. Not just like the pod, but, um, I guess our goals for fantasy and, you know, our goals for life in general, right. Uh, you know, I mean, so much like random shit just like happened to me this past year. And then you like, you never know when like the universe is going to provide for you. Right. You like, we cannot control time. Right. So there's a time and a space, there's a time and a place for everything. Right. So, uh, hopefully, you know, like you get a jolt. of of all that shit, you know, in this, in this next coming year, man. Cause I think, uh, yeah, man, I think you deserve it.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Right. And, uh, you know, in in reality, like there's, there have been jolts already, you know, like it's, uh, it's been a good year too on this side, you know, um, any year you go to Hawaii is not a bad year, but you know, as far as, um, personal life, it's all good, man. Like, uh, you know the the Arctic blast has come and gone. You know we're we're back up in the 30s now, so it's it's uh, getting more comfortable here. All the snow is gonna melt, and uh, you know maybe some of these basketball teams will be will be okay. I feel like I've screwed up a couple of them, but there might be at least one or two that can that can have some success. It just takes so. one.
0: It just takes one to lead. That's true. Year. And all I want for Christmas
1: is to fucking beat Rocco in just one league. <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> well, considering the Anthony Davis selection in the mid-season one, maybe, maybe next year. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I guess you guys drafted enough that you could – you've got a that's, shot at uh, it. That's but... going to be tough. But,
0: you know, you never know. Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant for the win. Let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> go get him. Go get him. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, happy New Year, Stan. it was yeah, uh, happy news. It's been a good happy year.
0: Happy New Year to you, man. Uh, have a good one, and I'll see you in 2023. Take care, everybody. Take it easy. Later.